Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. What was that last night, that uh, that 60 Minutes interview uh, done by the professional journalist, dreaded air quotes twice in the same sentence? Um. I don't even I don't even know what to say anymore. The media has just so abandoned America, their reputations. If there was a toilet bowl flush for the media's reputation, 60 Minutes flushed that bowl permanently last night. What was China buying in Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen? What were they buying? Do you think China, one of our most significant, powerful foreign adversaries, they have nuclear weapons and a huge economy. What do you think they were buying in the Biden family? The Biden family's expertise in, in, in an energy consortium. What do you think they were buying? Hunter Biden's ability to do advanced calculus. What were they buying? I'll answer that question for you today, um, along with my the return of my Trump is the bull in the China shop full of full of China, small C, China shop full of broken China. Maybe big, who knows, a full of broken China theory. I'm going to explain that. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity from those prying eyeballs. It's important. Get a VPN. Get it today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show on this fine Monday. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Well, as almost always, I'm doing very well, sir, and glad to be here on this low news Monday. Yeah, low news. Nothing to talk <laughs> Nothing about today. To talk I about did a, uh, had a little blast from the past for Armacost today. Uh, Joe used to oh, work yeah. for decades at a very popular morning news station, does conservative talk radio, WCBM. Yeah. I was on this morning with the great... Sean Casey and Bruce, right? Yeah. Bruce Elliott yeah, now Bruce is the uh, co-host mm-hmm. over there. So, uh, yeah, Bruce Elliott was a really good time. So um, happy to be back doing a little radio. Um, so, folks, we got a lot to get through. We got that, mm-hmm. including uh, some uh, news on the Amy Coney Barrett front, which is really good. I want to give you some good, good news deal. on Monday, too. And we'll leave. Paula, don't let me exit today's show without the best news ever. A huge, huge endorsement for the Trump economic prosperity agenda. <laughs> huge endorsement. Huge. Um, it's great. We're going to leave today on that one. All right, All right. Today's show brought to you by a friend at Cuts. You may be saying to yourself, gosh, who's that handsome guy on the Rumble video in that awesome T-shirt? You're probably not. I'm just kidding. But you do know about, about the handsome guy part. But you are wondering where this awesome T-shirt came from. Um, it came from Cuts. It's what I wear now. Listen, for better or worse, 2020 has kicked off the work from home era. Everyone's asking a big question. What are we supposed to wear? Do you really need to wear a tie for your Zoom meeting? Eh, probably not. But sweats and you go to gym tea, they don't feel right either. Who comes in here? Going to save the day for you. Cuts Clothing, the perfect solution to your work from home wardrobe confusion. Cuts is the best in the world at making technical apparel for the sport of business. Their t-shirts, polos, and hoodies have enough quality and style to wear in the office on a date or anywhere in between. So you don't have to choose between a classic look and a modern feel. The Steve Jobs Advantage. Stop spending so much time and energy picking out clothes in the morning. Throw on a cut shirt like this one. Look at that. Feel that. Feel that. Comfortable. Looks good. Check it out. Throw on a cut t-shirt, some pants. Get on with your day. Be ready for anything. The simple, sophisticated, and versatility of cuts wardrobe means you'll never again have to spend time thinking about what you should wear. Paula, do you like it? She loves it. You probably heard that's all that matters. Cuts is loved by your favorite athletes, Paula, entrepreneurs, and podcast hosts. Seems like everyone's wearing cuts these days. Get 15% off your first order. Big savings by going to cutsclothing.com slash Bongino today. Don't waste any more time. That's cuts. C-U-T-S clothing.com slash Bongino for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing. Cutsclothing.com slash Bongino. 
go today. All right, Joe, let's go. go. All right. <laughs> I love cuts. This is cuts. You like that? Sharp. Comfortable, too. So uh, last night, 60 Minutes finally aired their version of their disastrous so-called interview with their fake news specialist, Leslie Stahl. And Nora O'Donnell did an equally awful job. I'm sorry. Some people were praising her. Nora O'Donnell did a great job asking Joe Biden questions. She did. Huh? Listen, I don't know Nora O'Donnell. It's not personal. Uh, but she is a journalist. So therefore, she's open to a critique, just like journalists try to critique everyone else. So the whole essence of journalism is trying to distill uh, what the facts are and get the facts from people running for office, right? Not give your opinion. That's what opinion people like me do. Unfortunately, I've had to put on a journalism hat because I have to get you the facts when journalists can't because they're fake news specialists. So 60 Minutes spent 15 minutes, uh, Leslie Stahl badgering Donald Trump about um, everything, not even asking questions. It was an embarrassing interview. We've covered that last week. But finally, last night, they aired the Joe Biden portion of their interview where you would think it would be hard hitting and we could get to facts, Joe, like what the hell Joe Biden's name or a reference to Joe Biden is doing on an email regarding a Chinese business deal with the Chinese communists where the big guy, Joe Biden's allegedly getting a 10% cut. Hmm. Mm. Kind of curious about that, right? We did a whole interview with Rudy Giuliani last week, which by the way, has done bonkers numbers where we kind of covered that a little bit. So you would think the journalist class would ask a question about why Joe Biden may be in the pocket of the communist Chinese. Um, instead, we get this humiliating exchange where Nora O'Donnell, trying to be a journalist, asks Joe Biden about Joe Biden's talking point about the Chinese emails where he's allegedly taking a 10 percent cut. Listen to this. Well, I'll, we'll critique it on the other side. Check this out. I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life. In the closing days of the campaign, Joe Biden has been forced to address new and unverified claims that he was involved in his son Hunter's foreign business dealings. The president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, says he came into possession of emails allegedly belonging to Hunter Biden and turned them over to the tabloid New York Post. Smoking gun emails. Mr. Trump and his allies have called for an investigation, but the FBI would neither confirm nor deny to 60 Minutes that one was taking place. Do you believe the recent leak of material allegedly from Hunter's computer is part of a Russian disinformation campaign? From what I've read and know, the intelligence community warned the president that Giuliani was being fed disinformation from the Russians. And we also know that Putin is trying very hard to spread disinformation about Joe Biden. And so when you put the combination of Russia, Giuliani, the president together, um, it's just what it is. It's a smear campaign because he has nothing he wants to talk about. In this. What is he running on? What is he running on? Joe. What? Paul, why'd you cut out the follow up? You guys are messing up the whole show. Joe and Paul are doing you a huge disservice. There's a follow up there where Nora O'Donnell's like, but, sir, are these emails real? Come on, guys. No, you're really, going to make you're, it you're, clear, dude. No, 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 no. You. It's on you. Stop blaming oh, me. Man. Second, right. the follow-up question where Nora O'Donnell says, hey, are you the big guy? It's you. Stop blaming everyone else, Armacost. You're fired. It's like Donald. Of course, I'm joking. There is no follow-up. Yeah. Joe didn't None. cut it out. Paula didn't cut yeah. it. Because it doesn't exist. So just to be crystal clear... I hope you understand. Watch, someone will stop listening oh, right before I said, like, why are you blaming Armika? I'm kidding. Yes, we love Joe. Playing. He's the best. Yes. Which, uh, yes, Joe and I, that's all we do. Because you got to add an element of sarcasm yes. to the stupidity. Because me, little old Dan Bongino, 
former federal investigator, and you know, just me, a dopey cop, and Joe, <laughs> dopey <laughs> podcast producer, and Paula, just a dopey yeah, web designer. We we're not the smart journalists like Nora Don't O'Donnell. Know. We can't figure this out. Like what the real question? No, we're too stupid, of course. So did you see what happened there? You saw the clip I saw. Of course, there is no follow-up. That's it. Notice the setup first, where so-called journalists pretend to ask a question that's really an affirmation of Joe Biden's talking point that none of this stuff about China is real. It's Russian disinformation. Now, that's been debunked by the head of the national intelligence community, John Radcliffe, <laughs> and the FBI that have said that's false, but it doesn't matter to Nora O'Donnell. She leads and she goes, hey, is this stuff all Russian disinformation? As if Joe Biden, Joe is going to say, no, 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 it's not. I've actually been bribed by the Chinese communists. Of course he's going to say yes. Do we have a baseball bat here? Bunt. You know what a bunt is again? You got to keep the handle of the bat lower because if you keep it higher than the barrel of the bat, you'll bunt it up in the air and it'll catch it. We'll defeat the purpose. I loved baseball. You got to bend at the knees and the hips. The bunt, the bunt, meaning you just catch the ball with the bat. Of course he's going to answer that way. Is this Russian disinformation? Let me rephrase that question. This is one of these types of questions. Mr. Biden, we've heard from the public we've heard how awesome you are. Your level of awesomeness is unparalleled on the totem pole of awesomeness in human history. We've heard this. Can you please confirm to us, Mr. Biden, just how awesome you are? Nora, yes, I am in fact awesome. How else is he going to answer that? Holy Moses, this is a question. You got a potential president in Joe Biden who could be elected next week, a week from tomorrow, who could be elected, who's in the pocket of the Chinese government. And your only question is, we heard this is Russian disinformation. You didn't hear that. You didn't hear that from the, our intelligence community, the FBI. You heard that from Biden as if he's going to say no. This is our media. And I saw someone, I'm not going to say who on the Trump campaign. I. Someone on the Trump campaign tweeted out last night, a good job by Nora O'Donnell. Really, dude? What? What are you kidding? So, mistake number one. It's not a mistake, it's deliberate. Nora O'Donnell bunts to Joe Biden, feeding him his own talking point. It's Russian disinformation, right? Allowing Biden to regurgitate this vomit, which is all it is. So that's problem number one. Problem number two. Did you hear it in the setup? I know you did. You know, those of you listening or watching on Rumble can rewind or on Apple Podcasts can hit that 15 second back button. I want you to listen again how she sets up the precursor to the question by showing the footage before. There's some voiceovers, some VOs going on while Joe Biden's talking, where she's talking and she's not in the interview yet. And she makes three points about this whole email about the Chinese paying off Hunter Biden and his dad. The 10% for the big guy email. She says, these are unverified emails. They are? Um, no, they're not. A person on the email chain has said those are, in fact, legitimate emails. Lieutenant Bobolinsky, who's on those emails, has come out and given a press conference about it. How are they unverified? You have an on-the-record source on the email chain saying they're his emails. They're unverified. This is journalism. This is journalism. They'll talk about the pee-pee hoax, which was never verified by a single sentient being on planet Earth. That's verified. But an actual email 
where a guy on the email is saying it's my email is not verified. And we're supposed to take the media seriously. You wonder why half of America thinks you're all morons in the media, why we're laughing at you, you buffoons. They're not unverified. Second, she says, uh, these uh, uh, for allegedly from Hunter Biden's computer, these emails. They're not allegedly from Hunter Biden's computer. Hunter Biden signed the receipt, turning over his computer. Do we have that Hunter Biden receipt? I, here we go. Oh, ha, look, oh, I still got it. Yeah, still- I still got it from last week. Not planned, not planned. This is done extemporaneously on the spot. Here it is, my receipt mocking the Hunter Biden receipt. You, can you see it in the light? Yeah. There it is, my fake Hunter Biden signature from the receipt. There, thank you, Paula. Paula actually has it, has it handy. <laughs> yeah. That's the actual receipt signed by Hunter Biden for his computer where his emails, verified by a recipient of the emails, were taken. They're not allegedly from Hunter Biden's computer. They are emails from Hunter Biden's computer. Dude, what is that? You printed it. Can you bring that over here? Can you put that there? Come on the show. Here's a printed for in case you're having a tough time. Okay. Thank you, Miss Paula. There's her hand entering the screen for those of you who don't think he doesn't, she doesn't exist. Here is a printed version of the Hunter Biden receipt. It's real. Hunter Biden say, look, right here, underlined twice. Underline. This is the receipt. It's quote from the Mac shop. We fix Max. Quote number 7469, bill two, Hunter Biden, signed by Hunter Biden. You know what this this reminds me of? Remember Austin Powers, the the penis pump scene where they vouchered the penis pump thing? Remember, sorry, folks, I'm sorry if you can, but this is hysterical. Remember that? And he comes out of his cryo freeze and they're like, Sir, we're going to return your property. Um, here's the penis pump. He's like, no, baby, that's not mine. That's not mine. <laughs> and they're like, um, sir, there's a receipt signed. One penis pump signed by one Austin Powers. No, baby, that's not mine. Remember, this is the, we have the receipt. This time it's for the damn computer signed by Hunter Biden. They're not allegedly from Hunter Biden's computer. It's Hunter Biden's computer. I wish we could use movie clips. I really do. I would play that scene. That's not mine, baby. That's not mine. One receipt signed. And then then they have the book. He wrote a book about it. Like, how to use the penis pump by Austin Powers. And they give him the book. That's not mine, baby, either. It's his computer. It's the receipt. What the? It's kind of the same thing. What the? Is it not? Yeah. Can we not use that scene? Can we find out, please? Can we get permission from That's not mine, baby. That's Nora O'Donnell last night at 60 Minutes. That's not yours, baby. Alleged emails from his alleged computer? Oh, Dan. It's a bad joke. You can't make joke about Powers penis. But why not? The media made a joke of themselves about a pee-pee tape. That, that Nobody thought that was funny. Everybody treated that as real. Trump, they pee-peed on him in a hotel in Moscow. They did. He's a germaphobe. That doesn't make sense. No, no. Someone told someone who told someone who told someone. So I think we're going to spy on his campaign because we heard about this pee-pee story no one can verify. They didn't think that was funny. They treated that as real. Why is this funny? How is the Hunter Biden receipt different than Austin Powers' penis pump section? How is it any different? 
Watch the scene. You'll laugh. But that's what's happening right now. We have a receipt with his name on it. The third part of that that's a mistake. So first, unverified. They are verified. Alleged computer. It's his computer. Third, she says in the intro, and the emails were given to a tabloid, the New York Post. The tabloid? It's the oldest newspaper in the United States. The oldest news founded by Alexander Hamilton. It's a more credible newspaper than 60 Minutes is a television broadcast. Caught that. A tabloid? I mean, really? A tabloid. That's what you're, what, you're putting them on par with like what? The, the what, what, One of those newspapers like the, you know, the, the Daily Planet from like Superman or something? Idiots. Idiots. Idiots in this business. The journalist. I'm really sorry. So I said, don't ever call me a journalist. Ever. Call me anything you want. Begins with an A, an S, an F. Any expletive banned by the FCC you want, fine. I'm fair game. Never call me a journalist. Don't embarrass me like that. Finally. So we've already pointed out the mistakes they deliberately made. We pointed out the framing of the question, which isn't a question at all to Biden. Is this Russian disinformation? It's a statement. Let Nora O'Donnell saying to Joe Biden, please tell the audience, despite no evidence, that this is Russian disinformation because I don't want to talk about the allegations you're being bribed or blackmailed by the Chinese. And you may be president. This may be the greatest segment we've ever done on my show. Sorry, self-praise things, but I am enjoying this to no end. And I've got like 20 more things to get to. The two real questions Nora O'Donnell should have asked. She just completely blew past. There's no follow-up to that at all. What you just watched. Very simple questions for Joe Biden. To anyone in the media who has a heart, a mind, a soul, and candidly, folks, even a shred, a a scintilla of dignity left. If you don't ask Joe Biden these two questions, you are taking part in helping to elect a man that could be blackmailed by our major nuclear-powered adversary on the geopolitical stage, and you should be ashamed of yourself and anyone else around you contributing to this debacle. Question one for Joe Biden. Are these emails real or not? Now, some of you may be saying, oh, Dan, that's a dumb question. Joe Biden's just going to lie and say they're not real. No, 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 no. You're missing the whole point here, folks. Once Joe Biden goes on the record, just like that guy, Steve Scully, remember the debate, the moderator for C-SPAN for the debate that didn't happen, went on the record with the tweets to Anthony Scaramucci. Remember that story? Scully went on the oh, record and yeah. said, I've been hacked. Yeah. 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 Remember yeah, that yeah, story? Yeah. And everybody laughed it off and they said, nah, he'll get out of it. He'll just say he was hacked. No, no, he didn't because it was a digital footprint showing Scully was lying. His career now has been ruined. Well, Joe Biden's career will be ruined too. Because once he says those emails aren't real, the follow-up question is, really? Well, where did they come from? Oh, oh, it was a hack from the Russians. Okay, well, let's look into that because there's a digital trail. And one of the people on the emails has the digital trail and can authenticate them. All of a sudden, Joe Biden is going to be in a whole lot of trouble once the fog clears. Because we're not going to let it go. So question one, are those emails real? 
Question two, on the email where they're talking about a deal with the Chinese connected intelligence, a firm connected to Chinese intelligence and the military. On that email where these people connected to Hunter Biden are talking about 10% for Hunter and 10% to hold for the big guy, who it's been confirmed the big guy is Joe Biden. The question for Joe Biden is, are you the big guy? Let him say no. Because when the people on the deal go on the record and raise their right hand in front of Congress or a criminal proceeding and say, I'm on the record now, I'm swearing under oath that Joe Biden is in fact a big guy, Joe Biden's going to be in a world of trouble. Are those emails real? Are you the big guy? Instead, Nora O'Donnell, sad excuse for a journalist, says, are these Russian disinformation? The bunt. Pathetic. All right. I rarely replay cuts, but I'm going to play this one again because it's super important. My interview, I'm going to get to it in a second. I get to my second sponsor here, but don't go anywhere. Rudy Giuliani was a guest on my show in an interview that is, I don't think it's understating to say it went viral. It has exploded. It is now probably our most largest listened to show audience wise ever. And it launched on a Friday afternoon. To put it in perspective, ladies and gentlemen, nearly a million people saw this over the weekend. That's like a cable news primetime audience for a show that's digital only. Rudy Giuliani dropped an absolute bombshell on this case. And to simplify, I'm going to play this cut in a minute. Again, so let me get to my second sponsor. I want you to keep this simple question in mind. What the hell were the Chinese buying in the Biden family? And Giuliani's answer is disturbing. We'll get to that in a second. Also, a Wall Street Journal article on how troubling of a time we're in. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Aslo. Aslo. Small business banking. There's only one name you need to know. Aslo, A-Z-L-O. That's it. The best banking out there. They offer free business checking. Free business checking with invoicing, bill pay, no minimum balance requirements, and no maintenance or overdraft fees. No way. Yes way. Instead of the days it will take at a traditional bank where you're still required to go in person with Aslo, you just go to Aslo, A-Z-L-O.com, and you apply in minutes. Minutes. There's no waiting to use your account. With Aslo's free instant funding feature, you can deposit up to $1,000 and access that money instantly. And now they've launched the all-new Aslo Pro Bundle for only $10 a month. With tools like unlimited envelopes to organize your money, discounted instant transfers, and the ability to set up recurring invoices. Because you listen to this podcast, you can try Aslo Pro free for 14 days at aslo.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Aslo's banking services are provided by BBVA USA, member FDIC. Money Magazine called Aslo, the, this is a quote, the best business banking option for freelancers and entrepreneurs like us at Bongino Inc. And Aslo's co-founder is one of Fortune Magazine's latest 40 under 40. Why? Because Aslo is just plain awesome. Learn more with a free copy of Aslo's Small Business Starter Guide or get started right now and get an Aslo Pro free 14-day trial at aslo.com slash Bongino. That's Aslo with a Z. There's no minimum deposit required. Get started today for free. Don't wait. The best business banking out there. Go to aslo.com slash Bongino, spelled A-Z-L-O dot com slash Bongino. Don't wait. 
All right. Thanks, Aslo, for being a part of the show today. We appreciate it. All right. Um, so why is this important? Well, because we may be electing a president, Joe Biden, God forbid, that is in the back pocket of the Chinese. How, Dan? How is that? The Chinese just wanted to do the Chinese communist, by the, by the way. Uh, the company they were doing a business deal with is alleged to have ties to the Chinese intelligence community and their military. Huh? Now, folks, again, I spent 10 plus years in law enforcement dealing with the intel community in multiple countries across the world. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just telling you, if you're a journalist who hasn't, take a seat and put your dunce cap on. I'm not interested in your stupid, uninformed opinion. Thanks. Have a good day. Um, I've done this. What do you think the Chinese, I spent time in China doing in advance. It was very uncomfortable, by the way. I'll tell that story another day. I'm short on time. But I've dealt with the Chinese intelligence community. It's not a pleasant experience. What were the Chinese giving Joe Biden and his family money for and planning to give him more money for in the millions? What? Well, again, I rarely replay a clip, but this is from my interview show. If you haven't seen it yet, you don't know what you're missing. Go to our Rumble account, Apple Pie, whatever. It's on our regular stream. Watch the whole interview. But this part with Rudy was so damning. Again, I had to go back and ask him to repeat it again when he answered the question for me. What the hell were the Chinese communists really paying Joe Biden and his family for? Check this out. Mr. Mayor, you said something there pretty profound. I, I want to be sure the audience doesn't miss this. Is, is there a possibility here, just to reiterate this, that this from the start was a Chinese operation to get dirt on the Bidens all to get knowing that he'd run for, I mean, you said that, I just want to be sure the audience understands me having some background oh, yeah. in intelligence stuff. That's, that's, that's perfectly possible that this could have been an op from the start, nothing to do with business and everything to do with dirtying up the Bidens. Two possibilities. The Chinese are dumb and like to give away billions of dollars. <laughs> right, right. Or the Chinese right. are uh, among other things, very intelligent and they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they figure it was a good investment in the vice president since he had a lot of discretion over the islands, the tariffs, and he sold us out like crazy. I mean, it was pathetic. America was sold out completely. If, you know, you lost your job to China somewhere in the mid part of 2015, 16, 17, thank Joe Biden. You lost your job. Biden made 1.5 billion. I mean, it's disgusting. Yeah. Yes. And then I think they figured that's over, but they had to have another another hold on this weak man. So they came up with this deal and the idiot becomes a 10 percent partner. <laughs> I mean, I, can't, I cannot. If you haven't seen this cut and you're undecided in this election, that video I just played of Rudy Giuliani, regardless of your feelings about the mayor, the president or anyone else. I'm not telling you who to vote for. I don't have the power to do that. I'm just telling you. That what Rudy said there, an experienced federal prosecutor, regardless of your feelings about him, I like the mayor, I support the president, I don't hide and or, 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 or try to cover up my partisan stripes, I'm a conservative. Even if you're not, just understand this, what Rudy said there is absolutely accurate. The Chinese knew the Biden family was deeply populated with morons, with idiots who were greedy, and this whole deal had nothing to do with business at all. It had everything to do with giving them money so that they'd have that money on record in a file they could blackmail the Biden family with later in, later on. Is this, Joe, I mean, Joe's not an intelligence analyst. He's a great producer. Either is Paula. Is this not obvious to you what the Chinese were doing? Yeah, it's pretty obvious. I mean, obvious. I'm just checking. Yeah, pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> you. You're think, what do you think, the Chinese are morons? 
No, Biden's a moron. And the Chinese knew that. They're devious. I wouldn't trust the communists as far as I could throw them. And given my current condition, I can't throw them very far. But they're not stupid. I've dealt with them. They are not stupid. They are expert social engineers. Expert. Super smart. Devious. In many ways, evil. The communists. I'm not talking about the the people of China. Many of them are pissed off with this stuff too. The communist leadership are evil. As evil as I've ever seen. But my gosh, don't make the mistake of thinking they're stupid. You have catastrophically underestimated our major geopolitical foe. And I know you don't think that. The Biden family did. Because they were too stupid to figure out they were being played. That money and those receipts were going to be used later in a blackmail file. What do you think they were paying for? How stupid do you have to be to not see through this? Folks, I'm not going to tell the whole story because I don't want to waste anybody's time. I'm just saying I spent time in China doing work with my prior line of work. Can you imagine if I'm over there? I was doing an advance in China for a couple of weeks with Michael Chertoff. I spent a lot of time in Asia, who used to be the DHS secretary. Can you imagine if a story came out? Just say, for example, that. Well, Secret Service agent, who's the uh, site advance for the DHS secretary, we found an email, this was on the cover of the New York Times, showing that Dan Bongino was getting a 10% cut of a Chinese company alleged to be tied to Chinese intelligence and the military while he was involved in a security advance in China. I can tell you with absolute certainty, Without a shred of doubt, I would not only be fired instantly from the Secret Service, instantly. There is zero doubt I would be under investigation for the FBI. Zero doubt. And I'm just a lowly Secret Service advance agent overseas. Yet the Vice President of the United States running for president now has been bought off by the Chinese in an email we know has been confirmed, the authenticity of the email. And nobody in the media cares. And you're still undecided in this election? But Trump's tweets makes a lot of sense. You're very smart. You're just a genius. Trump's tweets bother you. But it doesn't bother you that the potential president of the United States, there's a blackmail file this thick by our major nuclear-powered adversary. You're right. Let's get upset about his tweets. That's perfectly logical. Don't be mean, Dan. You'll turn off undecided. I don't know what to tell you if you're undecided. I really don't know what to tell you. I, I got to be honest. I'm offended at the fact intellectually that you can't figure out what's going on or you can and you don't care. But Trump's tweets. I'm offended by, by really the ignorance involved in that statement. I really am. The Wall Street Journal's figured out a, by the way, center-right, sometimes even center-left newspaper. Their editorial board's definitely center-left on immigration. Even the Wall Street Journal editorial board's figured out that, hey, we got a real problem here with Biden, who may be a, may have a blackmail file as thick as war and peace over with the Chinese intel services alleged to be connected to this company. We may have a problem. Wall Street Journal, if you haven't read this piece, you're doing yourself a huge disservice, folks. 
Check it out. It's important. It's by the great Kim Strassel, and I do mean great. Done yeoman's work in uncovering a bunch of scandals. Headline, the Biden, quote, family legacy. What we learned from the text messages of Hunter Biden's partner, Tony Bobolinsky. She brings up, this is a rather long quote. I mean, I was going to make it two, but I want to read this segment from Strassel's piece. Because again, it sums up what I've been telling you. What the hell do you think the Chinese were buying? Are you really this stupid? With their 10% cut for the big guy, Joe Biden. From the Strassel piece, pay close attention to every single word of this. Quote, Kim Strassel. Hunter, in his own angry texts, this is to his business partner here on about this deal, makes clear that his contribution to the deal is his name. He rails at Bobolinsky that the CEFC, the Chinese company, the CEFC heads are, quote, coming to be capital letters, my partner to be partner with the Bidens. Wait, what? Hunter reminds Bobolinsky, quote, that in this instance, only one player holds the Trump card, and that's me. May not be fair, but it's the reality because I'm the only one putting an entire family legacy on the line. What the hell is going on here? It goes on. Here's another partner of the deal, a guy named Gilear. Mr. Gilear privately tells Bobolinsky, the other partner to this deal, to show flexibility since, quote, I know why the CFC chairman, Ye Ming wants the deal and what makes it enormous. It's the family name. Biden. One last part. CEFC, again, the Chinese company, was closely entwined with the Chinese government and military until it went bankrupt. Oh, that's fascinating. Following U.S. charges of money laundering. Oh, they went bankrupt because what? They were associated with the Chinese military and they were money laundering? Oh, that's good. They want to do a deal with Joe Biden. That's really weird. It ends. There is no question CEFC was buying Hunter for influence. Uh, uh, I'm undecided. Trump's tweets. Kim, who Strassel, who is a very sober, common sense, down-to-earth analyst and a terrific, terrific writer in the opinion section, has just distilled down the essence of this entire case. Two people involved in this deal, Gilear and Bobolinsky, involved with Hunter Biden. We have their text. Bobolinsky's confirmed the texts and emails are authentic, that they're real. One of the emails indicates the China deal with CEFC, a company connected to Chinese intelligence and the government, according to a reporting, that they wanted to pay Biden for the, quote, family name. And nobody cares in the media. Freaking incredible. Incredible. You have a total media blackout. Let me tell you, I said this on uh, Parlor this weekend. If Donald Trump wins this election, despite a blackout by the mainstream media, a full frontal assault by Twitter and Facebook, a full frontal assault by YouTube and Google, a full frontal assault by the Hollywood hate machine, academia, and pretty much everyone with any cultural influence in America right now. If he wins this re-election effort, I'm not kidding and not being hyperbolic when I tell you 
it will be the single greatest political story ever told. Ever. All right. Um, I'm going to move on. I got a lot more to get to. Let me get to my um, third sponsor of the day. Uh, our sponsors pay a lot of money to be here and talk to the greatest audience in podcasts. We had our best week ever. We're number three on the Apple charts right now, by the way, in the news, right behind the great Ben Shapiro. Uh, so we can't thank you enough. You all are just amazing. You've enlightened my life so much. It's hard to describe in words. It's an honor to talk to you. Um, our sponsor today, LifeLock. Ladies and gentlemen, October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, a collaborative effort to make sure every American has what they need to stay safe and secure online. Individuals and organizations are being reminded, if you connect it, protect it. We're all encouraged to take proactive steps to enhance cybersecurity and protect our part of cyberspace. It's important to understand our cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. My identity was stolen online. Not a joke. It was a real disaster. They bought a bunch of real estate programs and I spent a year cleaning it up. You know what I did after that? I got lifelike. That's before they were a sponsor. That's why it was an easy call. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet. You can miss these things like identity threats by monitoring your credit alone. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If you become a victim of identity theft, LifeLock can help you restore your identity easier than what you can do on your own. If they detect your information has been compromised, they'll send you an alert. I get the text on my phone. I usually call Paula right away. Hey, did someone check our credit? Yeah, yeah, it was this. Luckily, most of the times I get the text, it's legit. One day it may not be. I'm not taking that chance again. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. LifeLock can see threats so that you might miss on your own. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year. Go to lifelock.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. That's lifelock.com slash Bongino for 25% off. Don't wait. Get it for your wife, your husband, your partner, your grandmother, your kids, everyone. Lifelock.com slash Bongino. Go today. All right. <sighs> Getting back to the show. So a note of good news after that segment we did on the media, Failing America, and acting as a conduit basically for the Russians and their own disinformation campaign. It looks like uh, Amy Coney Barrett will be the next Supreme Court justice, giving the conservative movement a 5-4 uh, majority. on the 5-4, Dan, I thought it was going to be 6-3. John, John Roberts is not a conservative, folks. Please stop the nonsense. John Roberts is a full-on liberal right now. Let's just dump that. But it will give us a 5-4 conservative majority. Fox News being the show notes today. Senate votes to limit debate on Barrett's Supreme Court nomination. That's just a formality. They move toward final vote tonight, Monday evening. Ladies and gentlemen, good news. Again, I've had my beefs with Mitch McConnell over the years. I'm sure I'll have him again in the future. Fair enough. Uh, but you can't knock Mitch McConnell for Supreme Court justices, folks. Um, this looks like this is going to be number three. In addition to hundreds more at the appellate and circuit court level, for all my beefs with McConnell, he's done an absolutely terrific job getting the courts back to some semblance of constitutionality and away from being a rubber stamp for the uh, the far left, using the courts to pass the agenda they couldn't get passed through popular elections. Nice work. I bring this story up, though, not just because it's not just a news show. You know, a news show, what do you do? You read headlines, right? Amy Coney Barrett will be uh, confirmed to the Supreme Court tonight. Great. And you move on. That's not why I brought this story up. There's always an angle to it. This is an opinion show. And I feel like I have to layer this stuff like an onion and peel it away. What does this really mean? Why is this more than just about Amy Coney Barrett? Because, ladies and gentlemen, 
There is no more a serious conservative case against Donald Trump. There isn't. There's style cases against him. Again, I'm trying to be fair in my analysis here. I, I am subjective. I am a Trump supporter. I get that. But I try to understand both sides so I can combat the nonsense. There is no longer a serious conservative never Trump case on the issues. There isn't. I'm very sorry. If you're a conservative out there, the one or two percent of conservatives who are arguing against style and in effect trying to get Joe Biden elected, you're not a conservative. You're a, you know, maybe you're taking an active interest in Twitter style and the cultural ramifications of tweets and Donald Trump's personality, but you're not a serious conservative. Donald Trump has now, his case for re-election is strong. Conservative constitutionalist judges, including after tonight, three on the Supreme Court, hundreds more at the appellate and circuit level. Number two. Number three, tax cuts and a growing economy. I thought we were for economic prosperity. Deregulation to get the government red tape out of your business. School choice advocacy. A health care package that gets rid of big government mandates like the individual mandate. There is no longer a serious conservative case against Trump. There are conservative issues conservatives have against Trump. Small ones, but ones that have to be fixed. And one big one. The one big one is we have to do something about the debt. And the debt has expanded under President Trump. The problem is there's no serious case then to vote for Biden because Biden's, uh, Joe, Biden's proposing expanding the federal debt to a factor of 10 times what Trump has done. So you have no case there either. But after Amy Coney Barrett, from my mouth, hopefully to God's ears, is confirmed tonight, there is no credible conservative issues-based case against Donald Trump. None. Your issues are based on style and not substance. And just admit it. You will elect a liberal radical Democrat because you don't like Trump's tweets and you have an issue with his style. Just be honest with yourself and stop pretending you're a real conservative because you're not. You're not. Let me leave this segment with a call to action because there's the, my Trump is a bull in the China shop theory. I'm really excited to get to. Don't miss this. Ladies and gentlemen, vote now. Don't wait. Please don't wait. I saw it today. It was a couple people, friends of mine. They were like, no, my parents like to vote on election day. Please don't do that. Please vote now while you have the chance. Ladies and gentlemen, I am really afraid with the social distancing. And the mass is a different time. You can make your election day political stance another time. This isn't the year for that. Please don't wait. Early voting is up in many places around the country now. Florida, where I live and elsewhere. Please don't wait. Please. I'm begging you. This is, I, I, this is not a virtue signal. This, I'm asking you as a friend, someone you spend your time with, and I spend your time with you when I go out there and I see you in the streets. Please vote early. Why? The lines are only going to get longer. With the social distancing, the lines are going to appear longer than they really are. I can see it now. I'm going to wait till election day. It's how I've traditionally done it. It's like a thing with me and my family. It's not a thing now. Stop the thing. There's no time for tradition. This is time to win. 
What's going to happen on election day is a small percentage, a small, probably not my listeners, but people you talk to, I'm not kidding, are going to drive by lines that are around the corner that appear longer than they are due to social distancing requirements. And they're going to say, man, I got to go to work. I'm not waiting for this. Please, please vote now. That's number one. These lines are going to be ridiculously long and appear longer than they are because of social distancing. Second, I went to go get a pumpkin with my daughter this weekend. And we ran into, we brought the dog. Everybody wanted to pet Lucy. We brought Lucy with us. Lucy was like the hit of the pumpkin. Oh my God, look at Lucy. She's a cute dog, I got to tell you. Thought back to that line in Marley and Me where the uh, the friend of Marley's like, man, he's a single guy. He's like, I'm going to get a dog. All these women love the dog. Remember that line in Marley and Me? Luckily, I got the most beautiful wife in the world. It's not my problem. But everybody loves the dog. So two young ladies came over to pet the great Lucy. And I forgot, but we have a leash. And the leash is a Trump-Pence leash for your dog. <laughs> I forgot because, you know, I, it's the leash we use all the time. And the lady's like, Looking around a little bit. She's like, I love your leash. Real true story, folks. And I look, I'm like, oh, the Trump. I'm like, yeah, yeah, us too. Like, what's the first thing I said? Paula, what's the first thing I said? I said, thank you. Did you hear Miss Paula? If you didn't, because she never activates her mic, I'll relay it for you. My first question, I kid you not, was, did you vote yet? Folks, I've asked you to make sure 10 people vote. I'm not kidding. I'm up to probably 50 now. Everyone I talk to, I say, did you vote? Did you vote? Did you vote? The woman was like, not yet. Um, I'm thinking of going, but I'm not sure if it's open. I, I directed her to the site for Martin County where I live. I said, it's super easy to use. We have the best voting system here in Martin County. The woman who runs the elections over here is just fantastic. They, everybody's on the ball here. I directed her to the website, how to do it, walked her through it, told her exactly how it goes and spent about two, three minutes with her. By the way, I had a mask on. She had no idea who I was. None. And walked her friend. She was there with another woman friend through it too. Paula was right there. The kids were right there. It took me five minutes to do. They wanted to go see a pumpkin. Didn't matter. It's too important. Step one, vote now. Do not wait. Step two, talk to everyone. Everyone. Anyone and every. I've got my mother haunting all of her neighbors to go vote. She's in New York. It doesn't matter. Everybody vote. It's not good enough for you to vote. Get 10 other people. And once you hit 10, go to 20. And once you hit 20, get to 50. Game time's over. Let's finish this thing. Let's finish this thing. Now, don't wait. Do tradition later. All right, one final sponsor. I want to get to these stories because this Trump story regarding Sudan, it's not a foreign policy story. It is, but it isn't. It speaks to a bigger narrative. And I think you really need to understand why the political winds in this country are shifting. And I think election day is going to be a big surprise for a lot of people. All right, my final sponsor, speaking of which, again, not planned this segue at all, but perfect timing about what you can do to get out the vote. You can go right now to keepamericaamerica.com. Don't wait, go today. Election day, is it's not coming up. It's here. People are voting now. Early in-person voting has started. It's going. I already voted. The election's over for me and Paula. 
The good news is people are turning out in record numbers. Florida has closed the gap dramatically in early voting. People are rushing to the polls. Show up now. Show up early. Do tradition another time. Let's finish this thing today. How can you help? Go to keepamericaamerica.com. The folks at Job Creators Network, they provide through KeepAmericaAmerica.com the most up-to-date voting information, information you can count on, and importantly, information you can share. The 2016 election was not decided by millions of votes. It's not a popular vote election, folks. It's an electoral college election. The election was decided by thousands, literally thousands of votes. Hundreds of thousands of people have gone to KeepAmericaAmerica.com to figure out how they can help. Let's hit a million. This is the biggest get-out-the-vote effort in conservative history. Flood the polls now. Visit KeepAmericaAmerica.com and commit. No, no, no. Forget, I'm not reading this part. Don't commit to taking one person. It says commit to taking 10 and then 20 or help someone complete a, a form to get a mail-in ballot today. Do something. Do a little, do a lot, do your part, don't wait. Finish this thing now. Next week, this is happening. Go to keepamericaamerica.com now. Do not wait one additional second. I wouldn't have taken them on as a sponsor if I didn't think they can help. Not one, 10, then 20, then 50 people. All right. Thanks to Job Creators Network for that uh, sponsoring the show. Probably would have read that for free if I could. All right, just a quick note before we get to this. Christopher Ray, um, thank the Lord, and I am not using his name in vain, appears to be uh, on his way out at the FBI if Donald Trump wins re-election. Another reason to vote for Trump to get rid of this walking disaster of an FBI director, Christopher Ray, the second worst director in FBI history after Jim Comey. Fox News up at the show notes, Trump could remove Ray as FBI director if re-elected, sources say. Thank the Lord. And again, I am not using the Lord's name in vain. Thank you. This guy has been a disaster. Just another reason to turn up and vote. In addition to keeping the Chinese blackmail guy out of the White House. That's another one, too. A small one, but a, 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 little, a little small one. Right, Joe? A little small reason came out of it. You know, Chinese blackmail. Chinese, yeah. <laughs> blackmail guy. Little, little thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you might've missed it last week in the bevy of media bull. I'm not going to force Joe to bleep that. It'll take extra time, but bull beep that you heard last week about that Russian disinformation, Biden email, man. You may have lost the fact that Donald Trump, the president that uh, everybody wants you to believe is the dumbest human being to ever occupy the White House, has just completed the third Middle East peace deal that the geniuses in the foreign policy white paper establishment have told us for literally decades were totally impossible. Trump, you know, Joe, the stupid guy, uh, yeah. the guy who has the largest economic growth numbers we've had in the last eight years. Um, the stupid guy who just negotiated the third Middle East peace deal. You know, the stupid guy who managed to get rid of the Obamacare individual mandate that the smart Republicans couldn't for a while. You know, yeah. the stupid guy. Yeah. Trump, he's so stupid. The tweets. He's so dumb. He's managed to pull off the third Middle East peace deal that the geniuses have literally told us was impossible. Impossible. Oh, you don't believe me? We always produce the receipts, folks. The Hunter Biden penis pump receipt right here. But we have other receipts too, including video. Paula hates when I say that, but I say it anyway. 
This just goes to prove my theory about Trump the disruptor. Thank you to the guy who sent that hat, by the way. Paula thinks it's hilarious. Literally sent us a hat, Trump the disruptor. Very funny. Paula wears it when she runs. That Donald Trump is the bull in the China shop full of broken China. The China in the China shop's already broken. Donald Trump comes in. They're trying to preserve the China shop, sell people broken China, glue it together. A door opens. This bull comes in, smashes up the whole China shop, and the China shop is finally forced to close down and stop selling people broken China. That bull is Donald Trump. He's about a 2,000-pound muscular bull tearing this China shop to shreds that for decades has been allowed to stay in business because no one wants to talk about the fact that the China is all broken. You don't believe me? For decades, we have been told by foreign policy elites, the Grey Poupon crowd, we've been told that you will never, never, not maybe, never, I'm going to show you the video in a second, never get a peace deal in the Middle East with any Arab country if you don't take care of the Palestinians' gripes first. Never. It'll never happen. Matter of fact, if you cater to the Israeli side of the peace equation and do things that are the right thing, like putting the embassy in Jerusalem, the actual capital, if you do that, you'll only aggravate the Palestinians, making them more aggravated, and you'll never, ever get a peace deal. So Donald Trump fits the double-barreled middle finger. I'll use this one to make it family-friendly. Donald Trump says the double barrel. I'm tempted today to do it and says, I'm going to put the U.S. embassy where it should be in Jerusalem. You can't do that. You'll piss off the Palestinians. You'll never get a peace deal. And after I do it, I'm going to get a peace deal with an Arab country anyway. And the foreign policy establishment was like, ha, ha, you're so stupid. Your tweet, that Donald Trump tweets. You're so dumb, Donald Trump. I mean, listen to John Kerry in this speech. The Brookings Institution and the Brookings Institution. Listen to John Kerry. Tell everybody how stupid you are to think this is even possible. What just happened this past week, the third peace deal, UAE, Bahrain, now Sudan. Listen to John Kerry, great Poupon guy. Tell us how stupid we all are. Check this out. There will be no separate peace between Israel and the Arab world. I want to make that very clear to all of you. I've heard several prominent politicians in Israel sometimes saying, well, the Arab world's in a different place now. We just have to reach out to them and we can work some things with the Arab world and we'll deal with the Palestinians. No, 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 and no. I can tell you that reaffirmed even in the last week as I have talked to leaders of the Arab community. There will be no advance and separate peace with the Arab world without the Palestinian process and Palestinian peace. Everybody needs to understand that. That is a hard reality. Hmm. Hmm. Joe, can you give us another? Hmm. 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 Paula, you got a hum for us? Hmm. Joe, one more from you. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Weird how that happened, right? Yeah. Joe, listen. Yeah. I know you're a substandard intellect. Like me. Well, thank you. We're yeah. idiots. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. like Trump. We're all stupid. Yeah. You know, podcast producer. What do you do? Adobe, find me. Come on. 
John Kerry can figure this out. He probably yeah, can't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just a cop. I mean, I mean, what do I know? John Kerry would have, he's going to been a police chief. He's so smart right away. And if there be a street cop, Paula does web development. What an idiot. John Kerry can design websites. He's so much smarter than all of us. And he's clearly smarter than Trump, an international businessman who's made and lost some money here and there, but made money as well. He's clearly smarter than this idiot Trump. Uh, he just said it, right? I mean, this is from a while ago, to be fair, John Kerry, but. I want you to understand that this was the accepted, almost tautological truth from the white paper writing intelligentsia on foreign policy for literally decades. Yeah. That if you think a peace deal will be signed with an Arab country without the Palestinians, and even worse, if you aggravate the Palestinians by moving the embassy to Jerusalem, you have no chance. Um, okay, it just happened for the third time. Yeah. You know, dumb guy, Trump did it. The, but John Kerry's the smart guy, remember? Yeah. Trump's just an idiot. Definitely vote to get Joe Biden in so he appoints John Kerry the commissar of truth or something like that. <laughs> Why the long face, John? You just heard it on tape. <laughs> Jeez. <Right>, Trump, you know? <laughs> I, uh, he was wrong. This is it. Yeah. These are the more, if you ever saw... The fog of the stupid swamp we live in in D.C., John Kerry is it. He's the fog machine creator. He's pumping a fog yeah. machine of stupid air into the swamp that people all take up. Now, to get back to my theory here, I don't want this segment to be about Sudan, the peace deal we signed this past week that everybody said couldn't happen. I want this to be more about my bull in the china shop theory. There are two assets Trump has that have been chronically underestimated by the radical left and the never Trump right, who again, has no conservative case against Donald Trump anymore at all. Asset number one, Trump not being a product of the political system, he's never run for office before, hasn't learned to fail because he hasn't been brought up in the system which carved in stone failure-based tactics. What do I mean by that? If Trump had run for assemblyman, then say state Senate, then Congress, then Senate, then governor of New York, and then become president, I'm telling you it's accepted doctrinaire truth in the establishment political community, and if you spend years in it, that you shouldn't even consider a peace deal with the Arab community without the Palestinian issue because it can't happen. Folks, don't underestimate the power of that accepted truth where you would be laughed at in a group for mentioning otherwise. Yeah, I think we should move the embassy to Jerusalem and say, Palestinians, you guys are going to figure it out, but we're going to work. <laughs> so stupid, what an idiot. And after that happens for the 10,000th time, as you're in your 40th political position, you learn to not even bring it up anymore because you don't want to be socially shunned. Trump hasn't learned any of that because that's, he's not in that group. He hasn't learned to fail yet. So he just does things that feel right. Like he walks in an office, Joe, and he goes, why do we not have a peace deal between Israel and the UAE and Bahrain? Because we've been told by, no, no, no. I'm just curious. Like they, they both have common economic interests. Mm -hmm. Clearly the leaders of both countries would like a peace deal. I, I get you've been told that other stuff by John Kerry, great Poupon guy, but just give me a straight answer. Why don't we have a deal? Why can't we fix this? Because I don't like that answer. Let's just do it. That's Trump. But it's great. 
So first takeaway, he hasn't learned to fail. Second, ladies and gentlemen, get ready for a real surprise coming up. I'm seeing it right now. There is a massive political realignment happening in the United States. You know, I was listening to Russ Roberts this week, and he has a podcast. And uh, he's a fascinating guy. Definitely not a Trump guy. Probably hates my guts, but whatever. I don't care. He's super smart. But his insights on the current political environment and some of his guests are fascinating. And one of the insights he's brought up is that there are big overarching political narratives which motivate people to action, to go do stuff and vote. Stories people tell themselves to simplify this, that make them go do things. Everybody get that? And Roberts was talking about how Arnold Kling has said the traditional narrative, big narratives, I'm not talking about small things, uh, you know, small issues like, I don't mean small, and I mean small compared to the big stuff, not small for your life, but, you know, gun control, abortion, taxes, those are individual issues different people have different motives on. The big stories we tell ourselves why we are who we are in politics. What's the left's story about why they're leftists? Their big story is it's the oppressor versus the oppressed. I'm a leftist, I'm oppressed, I'm a victim, and I'm fighting back. Noble cause, Joe. It's the oppressor, the man. Is it the big guy? The man, the man is oppressing me. Right? Yeah. That's the leftist story. The white patriarchy, critical race theory. Critical theory in general. Every leftist narrative you've been told, BLM, Antifa, everything is the man. We're fighting against the man. It's a just cause. You're beating up a Jewish guy in the streets. You know, it doesn't matter. It's just the man, the big, the big guy. That's their big overarching narrative. Oppressor versus oppressed. What's the rights narrative? The rights narrative, why we do what we do is, hey, this is a choice between civilization and chaos. We are conserving as conservatives. We are conserving a civilized society and established rules and law and order. Forget the wonkery. That has always been the big overarching narrative of conservatism. It's the reason the law and order narrative with the streets riots motivates conservatives to vote. They want to preserve civilized streets and they don't want people burning their houses down. So if the left is motivated by oppressor versus oppressed narratives and we're motivated by civilization versus chaos narratives, how are these political winds changing? Because ladies and gentlemen, groups that have been traditionally motivated to vote Democrat by the oppressor versus oppressed narrative, unions, white working class voters, who've always fallen prey to the Democrats, you union folks are under attack by these rapacious Republicans, they hate you. They're oppressing you in the union, right? You understand those narratives are being entire. I was, I was listening to Robert. Robert's podcast didn't cover this. This is me. This is my take almost. I don't think they understand these narratives are being entirely flipped on their heads. Mm-hmm. The same people, the Democrats used to get out the polls by telling them are oppressed are now Trump voters. How, Dan? That's insane. Is it? I'm going to get through tomorrow the story about what Facebook and Twitter and others are doing to suppress conservatives. Suppress or oppress conservatives. And this maybe will make a lot more sense. Ladies and gentlemen, that narrative that's used to motivate Democrats is now being used to motivate Trump voters. Notice I didn't say Republicans or conservatives. Donald Trump is the bull in the China shop. Facebook, Twitter, 
the mainstream media, the government establishment class, the swamp, Google, YouTube, academia, Hollywood, all who have power either in the political or cultural realm, power, power to oppress and keep their thumb on you, are not going after liberals. They're going after Trump. And those people who align with Trump, that oppressor versus oppressed narrative applies to them. And the left doesn't see it. They think it's their story. It's Trump's. I'll leave you where we came in. I said to you, I put on Parler this weekend, posts that want nuclear, that if Donald Trump wins, despite Google, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, academia, the mainstream media, CBS, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, the Hollywood hate machine, and pretty much every cultural influencer out there. This will be the single greatest political story ever told. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.